Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. There once was a boy Nazi named Klaus who grew up under the Nazi reign of a Laos. Hitler, his name. Fascism, his game. And so he impressed young Klaus. Klaus started to drool at what was so cruel. And as an adult, Klaus started a cult. The WEF is its name. The goal is world domination, from which Klaus would gather every nation. His great reset began, and people were scammed. From the freedoms they had known and loved, Klaus is building a prison, a digital prison, where people exist but not live. They'll never know they're in prison because of the tremendously vast schism that Klaus has created between people. This great reset is really the great divide. But of course, Klaus efficiently lies. So onward Klaus pushes, not hiding in the bushes, as he gains the power over others. It simply takes saying no to Klaus's advances from the get-go to maintain our freedom and live another day. What is your choice in the matter? Do you care, or is this just chatter? Klaus is deadly serious and able to break your spirit and fully enable the depressing future from a globalist butcher. Only you have the power to choose. Well, thanks for joining me. This is Dr. Fred, and uh, you're listening to another episode of Study Grow Know. And I wrote that little limerick because I was thinking about it yesterday, and I, I realized that Klaus is really a global butcher who is doing Satan's work. And even though it's kind of like tongue-in-cheek and in good fun, the limerick really has, I think, something to say. Well, several years ago, not many had heard of Klaus Schwab. Now... He's a household name. Why is that? Well, because he and his globalist demigods decided that by using, for instance, a pandemic, creating major panic and fear, society would bend to their will and even willingly give up rights and freedoms that are guaranteed under the U.S. Constitution. If you live in the United States, Klaus was smart enough to realize that only potent fear would do what he needed done in society. And for the most part, he was right. Klaus and his sycophant murderers put into place a system that ultimately created a stated need for a, quote-unquote, vaccine. And this jab was originally said by Fauci to be 95% effective. He's on video saying that. But now we know it fell woefully short of that lofty goal. In fact, it's far less than 50% effective. And that effectiveness, if it is there at all or much, is said to only last a few weeks at most. Nothing beats natural immunity. This is why a second shot, then a booster, another booster, and another booster of the untried and untested mRNA concoction is needed and pushed. The more people take, the more the immune system suffers. But we also need to realize something else that's even more troubling, really. In order for Klaus's world domination plan, his great reset, to work, while everyone was actively fearing potential death from a virus, work continued 
on the foundation of the whole scheme. And that scheme furthers world domination because it is the actual physical yet unseen for the most part beast system that is rising from its demonic foundation. Now globalists must get society to the point where people become imprisoned inside a system where most will not even be able to tell or be aware that they're even in prison. Leo Homan wrote an excellent article about this, and it's something I've been researching as well for a while. In fact, it would not surprise me to learn that most of my readers at my blog and listeners here have also been researching it. Homan's main point is that globalists are converting most large cities into what they call smart cities. And I've got links for these things in the uh, transcript, by the way. Now, if you've been reading this blog for any length of time, you know that technocracy has been discussed. Technocracy is a system in which technocrats, leaders, controllers, control the populace, and they do so through digital means. This is what is being built throughout the world and even in the United States. Now, China is often cited as simply being hardcore communist. Well, that's actually true. The foundation of China's society is really technocracy. So this is how technocrats, you know, the powerful people behind President Xi, he's just really a puppet, kind of like Biden. That's how they gained and maintained control over the people in the nation of China. Most of most know of the social credit scoring system that has been used in China for quite some time. A person's privileges are either granted or removed based on their social credit score, which is always being update, always in flux. How? Well, in China, 5G is everywhere. This was the 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 testing facility, if you will, China. So all this 5G is everywhere with thousands and thousands of surveillance cameras. And these cameras are capable of facial recognition. So anyone walking down the street is quickly identified. Their actions and even words are quietly monitored by the unblinking cameras everywhere. Now, all of this information is channeled to the buildings where operators log and keep track of every person's movements. You say something out loud against President Xi of China or of China itself, suffer the consequences with a lower social credit score and lose some of your privileges. Praise China's communistic government? Well, gain privileges. You hear your neighbor complaining about the government? Turn them in and improve your social credit score. There are tons of ways to either lose or gain where your score is concerned in China. Well, that's China, you might say. The U.S., is not communistic. We're a constitutional republic. Many other countries are various styles of democracy. What happens in China cannot happen in the rest of the world, right? No? Well, Holman mentions the smart cities that are being built here in America. Very little of it is physical because the cities themselves already exist, so we don't see what's going on. But more towers, 5G specifically, are being added. Surveillance cameras are being added. And even as San Francisco as, uh, is said to be doing, they're adding robots that have the capacity to injure or kill human beings in quote-unquote extreme circumstances, we are told. So RoboCop has come to life. What's to worry about? Well, here's a quote from Homan's article. The uh, Actually, it's from a different article. Sorry. 
but I've got that linked in the transcript too. It says this, the San Francisco Police Department said it does not have pre-armed robots and has no plans to arm robots with guns. But the department could deploy robots equipped with explosive charges, quote, to contact or contact, incapacitate or disorient violent, armed or dangerous suspects when lives are at stake said a uh, SFPD spokesman, Allison Maxey. Now, I've got a picture of one of the robots used, and interestingly enough, it looks like two long rifle gun barrels are attached to it. So I can't imagine that it'd be that difficult to convert those from explosive charges to bullets. Can't imagine that at all. And maybe when they get to that point, they'll probably start using rubber bullets, and then they'll upgrade to the real thing. Hey, have you ever heard of puke? P-U-K-E Ray Technology? Well, you might want to check that out. Homan's article spells it out. It's coming to a medium to a large city near you. Now, we already know that beyond all of the above that I just mentioned, smart digital IDs and vaccine digital passports are being rolled out. The Federal Reserve beyond this is also going to start experimenting with digital money and will likely eventually get rid of all cash. Our phones are constantly connected to the Wi-Fi or the Internet, often through cell towers, because without that, our phones won't work. You know, it's funny. I recall the good old days when our cell phones simply made and received calls. That was it. And that was before the Internet. That was before Wi-Fi. Now we carry many computers in our pockets. They can make calls, but now they also send, receive text, pictures, videos, and other things. There are a ton of apps that people can download on their phones to make life more fun, easier, more convenient. Ultimately, everything we do is for our convenience, isn't it? Globalists are very aware of that. They're not idiots. They're guided by Satan, who is probably the smartest being ever created. During the pandemic, Amazon made billions because too many people were afraid to go out. The stores that did remain open were often limited in what they had because of the supply chain. Most people simply accepted the draconian lockdowns, masks, and social distancing mandates without even blinking because they were told repeatedly that it would, quote unquote, save lives. Oh, safety, security. Then came the vax. Did it save lives? Well, there are plenty of people still today who will unreservedly tell you, oh, yes. Oh, yes, they save lives, even though there is plenty of evidence to the contrary that's coming out from actual government sources. Now, in the end, the bottom line is that people are afraid of dying, which is why the pandemic worked so well. During that time, Roughly two years, more and more of the necessary infrastructure was built as the foundation for the coming digital beast system. Once it is firmly and completely in place, is there any reason to believe that the Antichrist would have a difficult time keeping tabs on everyone and anyone who does and does not follow his commands to the nth degree? I can still recall early in our marriage when no cell phones or personal computers actually existed. I remember the first cell phone I eventually bought for my wife. It was the size of a purse, and the handset had a coiled wire back to the bag it came in. It was connected that way. Phone calls made via the cell phones then cost 75 cents per minute, so you didn't make them often. 
And that was the only thing that cell phones could do. They could make and receive phone calls, much like our landlines. Since few people had them, the airways were not crowded and dropped calls were still a yet future phenomenon. I also remember the very first personal computer we bought, and it was several years later in the 1980s when our children were still young that we bought that computer. It cost us $2,500 from Radio Shack, and as we learned, it was very limited, and often when buying software programs for it, internal RAM or the hard drive needed to be upgraded to handle the new software. Eventually, software became more complicated because it moved from a DOS-based system, which is commands, command-driven. You type in certain commands with the slash or uh, whatever you needed to do. And then it went from that to a Windows or Macintosh point-and-click system. But life was getting easier for computer people, much easier. Cell phones also became better and smaller. Eventually, they'd become small enough to put on our pocket like a wallet. Our kids grew up with that technology, though they did not get their first cell phone until they were in their late teens. Now, kids in primary school have cell phones, and boy, do they love their TikTok, sadly. In essence, kids today never knew what it was like to have to use a payphone. If you needed to call home from school, you had to go to the office and make a request. I recall before cell phones, you'd go out on an errand, and if you had to reach a loved one, you would had to find a payphone and hope they were home to answer the landline. Kids today do not know what a landline is. But interestingly enough, technology has created in this particular century, 2022, this century, what no other century had. It is because of the technology that exists today that the powers that be are able and willing to spy on us, dictate to us, determine what type of news we hear and what will they will not allow us to hear, know what we buy, where we go, and even what we believe. We willingly put that information on our social network pages, but our phones can listen to us or at least share information from other phones nearby through Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Though we may not realize it, our privacy is gone. It simply doesn't exist unless we do something about it to take it back. And what I appreciate about Holman's article is that we actually do have choices. We can say no to globalists. We can get rid of smart appliances that are controlled via Wi-Fi. We can keep cash at home and carry it with us, using it to purchase items instead of pulling out our debit or credit card every time. You want to buy a gun and or ammo? Use cash. Your purchase is untraceable, unless the government comes in and demands to see the receipts of everyone who purchased guns and ammo, you know, like California. Got a Google device in your home or Alexa? Something similar where you can talk to it, ask it questions and create lists, etc.? Get rid of it because it's always listening to you. Where does that information go that it hears? Who keeps record of it? How is it possibly used against you? Are you always upgrading to the newest car? Well, consider getting an older vehicle that doesn't have as many computers on it. Those computers can be overridden and control. Yep, I said it. Now, if you live in a large city, consider relocating further out into rural areas because those will be the last areas that are caught up in the surveillance web. In rural areas, it's much easier to join an existing community that relies on one another for goods and supplies. 
We buy goat milk, goat cheese, beef, chicken, pork, and other things from local producers. We'll continue to do so, too. Why shouldn't I support local producers in my own little community? Buy groceries with cash from time to time. The more you use cash, the more you reclaim your anonymity and your freedom. Klaus and his buds are determined to gain full control over you and me. What do you say to that? Try not to buy so many products online if you're able. I know it's very convenient to do so, but choose wisely and try to avoid that as being your go-to vendor. I agree with Homan that we can overcome, but it takes work. It won't happen unless we become intentional. For our kids and our grandkids, it's not going to be that easy because they've known cell phones, computers, and internet all their lives. I don't think they think they can do without it. Trying to step back from all that for them is very difficult. The B system is ultimately a digital prison that most folks will not even notice. They will be very willing to accept that Babylon system for three things that Homan points out. Safety, convenience, and security. Most people want and embrace these things. They'll chase after those things. The demonic globalists are well aware of this and have made their system alluring because it offers all three of those things. The prison that is being built around us is the result of people clamoring after safety, convenience, and security. So what is your response to it? You actually have a choice in the matter. You don't have to get sucked up into it. Well, Food for thought. Read the article from Homan and watch the video that he has embedded in that article. And uh, continue to do what you can to reject the coming beast system, or at least not be part of it as much as you're able. Well, thanks for listening to me. This is Dr. Fred. And uh, until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 